The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. I'm joined by half statistician Dylan Ball. He's from Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell and he's on Hockey Podcast Network. You know, you find him anywhere. He's on YouTube. He's on on iTunes, Spotify. Find him, listen to him. His insights is really valuable. And since he's here and since you're here, Dylan, um, we're going to speak about goalies. Unfortunately, I have to say, though, that our good friend and other goalie expert, um, Mark Anton Lee, is, 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 he's uh, held up in bed and he's not going to join us. But thank you for joining us, uh, Dylan. It's great to have you on again. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Patrick. It's always fun, not just to record the podcast, but to catch up and uh, shoot the breeze a little. You mean those 30 minutes we just spent speaking about totally random <laughs> things? <laughs> yeah, no, it's 30 great. minutes it's- is like a new record for low for us. Yeah. So that's good. We're being concise today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you obviously have yeah. work and, and I'm, I'm off to bed in a couple of hours. So, you know, we have to do it, deal with it quite fast (laughs) but anyways we talk about goalies we're going to look into the goalies that has been used by montreal canadians this year we're going to look a little bit forward we're going to look at what we did it turn out that we expected hashtag spoiler alert no but anyways (laughs) we're going to talk about it we're going to look at it from 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 different standpoints and and one of the good things with having dylan on because he is the hab statistician is that he's going to enlighten us into the different kind of measurements that we have for, for goalies and what's good and what's bad and what we we normal deadly people are going to be able to look at next time we're looking at and trying to evaluate goalies. So I'm going to leave the floor to you, man. Yeah, so I mean, there's the two obvious ones that get measured on TV, which is safe percentage and goals against average. Um but also I'm going to throw in a uh, goal saved above expected. And uh, it's, it's a proprietary stat. I, I like the natural stat trick uh, version, but essentially what it does and on natural stat trick, it's called goal saved above average, but um, it's, you know, as, as with many things that are new, they, uh, you know, people have not exactly agreed on what to call it or what to do about it. But basically what it does is it takes a statistical league average of what a goalie looks like, and it takes different information. I'm sure you've talked about it with your, with our good buddy, Jason Paul, yeah. for the expected goals model, where it takes, you know, that one was a pass to the slot and a one-timer from the slot. This one came off of a rebound. This was a slap shot from the point. And it said, and it says, okay, goalies will let in goals at, X rate 
under these circumstances and Y rates under these circumstances and Q rates under those circumstances adds it all together and creates what a league average goalie, how many goals that they would let in facing those many shots from those different areas, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be looking at goals saved above average or expected as well on this. But the one thing that I just wanted to really get out of the way before we talk about this is that that deals with a league average. So let's say that a pass from behind the net to the slot counts as it's proprietary. So we don't exactly know, but let's say that counts as a 0.2 chance of scoring a goal. That's the league average across the whole league. But what we know in Montreal this year, having watched every single grueling game of this team is that every one of those passes from behind the net to the slot was perfect tape to tape because God forbid a defender attempt to put a stick on that pass and and prevent it from getting through. So a team like um, Carolina, who's got like Jakob Slavin, who is one of the best defensive defensemen in the league right now, that pass of the slot might be worth less than a than a game than a team like Montreal. So I guess my point is to say is that when you see the numbers be bad for the goaltenders, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're as bad because they're dealing with league averages and Montreal's defense, of course, was the possibly the worst in the league this year. Really, really bad. It's 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 good that you bring this up, and I'm automatically looking back into what I'm covering more more or less for Montreal Canadiens, and that's the European prospects. And obviously, we have Frederick Dish out there, and it it's a shame that we don't have these kind of stats yet for other leagues because it would make prospect evaluation a little bit more easier as when yeah. we talk about different prospects coming through and uh, we, we already discussed it prior to the podcast as well. And we're going to have a goalie pod with the prospects and we're going to bring in some other guests as well and, and make sure that you are caught up to this um, mm-hmm. at least before the top 25 under 25, or maybe as a goalie, show for the top 25 under 25 but sometime yeah. this summer we're going to take a deep look into the different prospects on that that is on the montreal canadians pipeline um yeah. but but looking at you know let's start with with the obvious one we have michael McNiven. he played one game terrible game nine goals against you know <laughs> he saved half the shots more or less <laughs> or, or 60 percent. So let's be honest let's be nice to him but but yes actually technically 57 percent yeah, so but I was being nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's about that's that's just slightly better than how you or I would do in the same situation, Patrick. <laughs> Maybe on my level, but not at that level because I would probably just you know accidentally save one because it just hit me. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Before we before we get into Michael McDivin a little bit, you told me to write an article about Jakob Dobe, and I did. So yes. if if you are curious about a primer, then then just you know Google search that and and uh, or or search in the eyes on the prize and you'll you'll find that episode. But yeah, Michael McNiven, um, he very clearly was just never part of, never really part of the long term plans of this team. Uh, he was an interesting pickup out of I believe the OHL, uh, where he won goalie of the year. If if memory serves correctly, but he just never really took that step, and Montreal lost nothing by signing him, and 
We lost uh, nothing to, to, to lose him either because and we his lose future lose considerations him. as well. So, yeah, it's uh, he, he looked completely out of sorts in, in his one game in the NHL. And um, it's it's unfortunate because it's somebody that spent his whole life uh, honing this craft. But uh, but it's just it's just clearly not not the league for him. Now, of course, goalies um, mature differently than than a lot of players and because more is uh more is predicated on the mental aspect of the game than the physical aspect of the game you do see like how we've seen you know kind of jack campbell on the maple leafs sort of i don't want to say come out of nowhere because he was a high draft pick but then he just you know he got passed over and considered was considered a complete bust you you see a guy like that who maybe he doesn't have the physical skills that he had when he was 19 or 20 but has finally gotten a rhythm in terms of how to think the game and how to anticipate the game. And so, you know, I always say that I, I will happily eat my words for Michael McNiven if he does come back and become a very good goalie, but uh, it's not, it's not looking like that's the case for him. So, I mean, you could easily see McNiven going across the pond uh, into Europe somewhere and showcase his skill a little bit like Justin Poggy did in in yeah. europe and develop a career a very good career as well and for for the future where he can you know benefit from, from all the hard work that he has put in uh over time and uh we wish him the best obviously it, it wasn't meant to be and uh hopefully he makes us eat our words at a later date yes. because we all want everyone to succeed that's that's what we want i mean that's the that, that's what we want as humans. We want people to succeed, and, and especially here when, when we talk well, about. Well, you and I are like a couple. You and I are a couple guards. old softies, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old nice guys, you know, just uh, just want everybody to be happy and have a good time. So, yeah. you know, indeed, yeah, one, one that definitely, and I was surprised looking at his saving percentage to a degree uh, in in Montreal Canadiens that had a good time with Montreal and and seemed to really enjoy Montreal and Montreal was fair enough to to give him a good send-off where he could continue to play at, at a high level. And that was Andrew Hammond. Yes, the Hamburglar. Um, you know, interesting thing that I didn't even realize with Andrew Hammond and a friend made me look it up is that he's had good metrics, good save percentage, good goal saved above expected everywhere he's gone. Not great, like not world beating, but everywhere he's gone. And I mean, like, this is the kind of guy that that goalie coaches like myself, it drives us absolutely crazy. You know, it's like how it's it's just it it's a style that shouldn't be repeatable, but it is. And he and he, he you know, he makes it work. I remember and I forget which goalie coach it was, but reading about when this one fella had to take over as goalie coach for Dominic Hasek and he just watched for <laughs> you know, several practices because he's like, well, how do I even, like, where do I even begin? But on right? the other hand, if you, uh, if you, you watch know, Dominic Hasek like, practice, you're just going to sit there and watch him practice because you're going to learn something out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's sort of like what he, what he had to do, but it just, it just runs so contrary, but you know, Andrew Hammond, of course, famous for his, his run in Ottawa. Um, but he, he came in and uh, he, it it cost us nothing on the pickup and and gave us an asset on his way out the door and and so 
we thank him. We doff our hats to him and, uh, you know, just wish him all the best. But I mean, it was a shame we didn't get to see age, the helmet and we didn't get to see the, the, uh, the, the gear he got sorted. Right, exactly. But, you know, at, at his age and, and at his um, skill level, uh, he just, you know, he's 33 years old. He just, he just wasn't an option um, for this team. There was no way that they were going to give him another contract or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll talk about Jake Allen later, but Jake Allen's 31. The other goalies in the system are all younger. And, uh, and then of course we've got some interesting prospects coming up that are also even younger. So there just, there was no way that he was really sticking around. He was just to stop the bleeding and offer a little bit of, uh, a little bit of security and, and to get who I presume we'll be talking about next get Caden Primo out of the net for a little while. Indeed. And and we, I mean, like Caden Primo, he's, he's been around forever and keep thinking, you know, he's only 22. He's playing with the rocket right now in, in, in the AHL championships. And, you know, it's, he's doing pretty well there. And uh, the question is, where do you pipe him in, 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 in the lineup really? Because he had, when it comes to the NHL, he's been up and down. So Caden Primo is minus eight goals saved above expected. So, but that's also metric, behind the, will, the worst in. team in the world. Yeah, no, you're you're right. But in so by this metric, in all strengths, in twelve games, he's let in eight more goals than a league average goalie, and that's uh, you know, so even even accounting for like you said, you know, the worst defense. And that's that's in all strengths. At five versus five, it actually gets worse. It's ten goals more than he's that he's let in than a league average goalie. And and so keep that in mind as we get into a few other guys because that disparity between five versus five and uh, and all strengths is actually very interesting for Caden Primo. The fact that he was able to play better on the penalty kill in order to make that uh, make that worthwhile. He's, I don't, uh, he, he, my favorite story is at the beginning of the year, um, I'm a goalie coach and I'm partnered with another goalie coach here in Toronto. And at the beginning of the year, I walked over to that goalie coach and, and uh, I said to him, I said, I, you know, I don't mean, mean to sound like a guy that's like a big hot taker or anything like that, but I just, I, I don't know that Caden Primo's got what it takes to be in the NHL. And I thought that that was me being very hard on him. I thought that I was, you know, that that was like a really hot take. And he turns to me and goes, he sucks. He's the worst. <laughs> and I, thought, I was like, whoa, I wasn't going that far to say that. But and and the more goalie people that I've talked to, the more people have said that they don't see him being an NHL goaltender. And um, and so kind of it sort of confirms what I see, like. What what happens a lot with Caden Primo is, first of all, he has major issues in his core strength, and you see that in the sense that he's he keeps on falling down forwards. He's not able to hold his body upright as he's going from side to side. He doesn't anticipate plays well, so he's chasing the puck. Um, one of the things that we teach our young goalies even is that the puck should be lined up with your leading leg. So let's say somebody's going from your left to your right as a goaltender, you should keep that puck lined up with your right leg, not centered, because if you keep it centered, then then uh, 
he'll be able to get around, sorry, your left leg, the not leading leg, not centered, because if it's centered, then he'll be able to, you know, put on some extra speed and get around you more quickly and easily. But you should be keeping that puck ahead of you. Pardon me with your leading leg, which is your right leg. I'm sorry. It's like telling, you know, when you tell somebody what side is the clutch on, I don't know what side the clutch is on. I know how to drive stick, but I just get in and I just kind of do it. Right. So, um, on the left, guys, yes, you should so be you leading. <laughs> Pardon. Yeah. Sorry. It's on the left. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I always forget, but I can sit in a, and, and drive it. But anyways, um, so he doesn't anticipate and he doesn't get ahead of plays. Like he will watch the pass happen before he starts to move his body to get to that pass. And a lot of his big saves that he makes are because he was not ahead of the play. Mike Richter said, oftentimes crowds will go crazy when they see what they see as a big save, but it was actually the goalie being out of position in the first place is a, is a Mike Richter quote. And, and guess what? The award that Caden Primo won that everybody's going crazy about to say why Caden Primo is going to be the best is the Mike Richter award, <laughs> right? For NCAA goaltenders. So um, I just, I think that, I mentioned this actually on Laura's podcast, um, who uh, we know is the active stick, uh, Locked on Canadians. And I had a student who was recovering on the wrong leg and I kept on bugging him about recovering on the wrong leg. And and what he said to me after he finally got pissed off enough at me is he said, or maybe this is how I've done it my whole life and it's never gotten me in trouble so far. And I said to him, because he's 15 or so, I said, well, that's fine for the level you're playing at right now, but you're expected to be drafted in the OHL next year. It will not, it will not fly in the OHL if you're this inefficient in your movement. And so I, my hope is that Caden Primo has come to the NHL and gotten a slice of humble pie and realize that the habits, the tricks that have gotten him this far will no longer suffice in the NHL. Because my, I'm, I, I would make the assumption that the coaches in Montreal and the, and I think I believe it's the coach's name is Marciano in in Laval. Um, I would I would make the assumption that he sees what I'm seeing. I don't think that I'm some uber genius or anything like that. <laughs> but he's having trouble fixing that with Caden Primo, and oftentimes that's because by Caden Primo's age, he's had like nine or ten goalie coaches, almost guaranteed, right, or none. Which is the other, which is sometimes the opposite disparity. But either way, he's at a place where he thinks that he he knows better, and the humble pie that he's had to eat in the NHL this year will either make him and force him to put in that work and and improve because he sees the puck exceptionally well, and he is um, incredibly quick in terms of just physically his his ability, like his his glove hand and his blocker hand are are exceptionally quick. So you add, if you were to add in a little bit more technique, a little bit better positioning, better skating into those things, you've got yourself an excellent goaltender. But the trick is, is that he needs to see it and he needs to be willing to do that. And uh, he has not thus far, but, you know, playing 12 games in the NHL this year and walking away with a 868 save percentage might force you to rethink your life a little bit. Indeed. And I usually speak about football and I'm not a Man United fan, even if it might sound like this right now. And I compare a little bit what you're saying with Fabian Barthes 
and uh, Fundersar and uh, Smeichel, which is the three goalies of Man United in, 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 in a certain order. And you want that, I mean, like, you want the Peter Smeichel in a way because he would be the stable guy, but he would also make the crazy saves every now and then. Right, yeah. But but when you choose between Bartes, who makes the crazy saves, but can also let in a fluke ball whenever, uh, you prefer to have Van der Sar that will always save every shot that is expected of him. And I think Kevin I mean, Primo is a little bit more Bartes right now than he is yeah. a, a, a Van der Sar or a... a uh, um, Smeichel uh, and just again I'm not a Man United fan but I mean <laughs> as, as playing goalie in football for, for, for a few years you tend to see certain things just like you do with, with, with the hockey as you play goalie there and it's mm-hmm. interesting I think as a coach as a defender you want the security behind you yes yeah yeah, I mean, I used to joke that there's basically two goalies. There's there's the Henrik Lundqvist of the world, and there's the Jonathan Quicks of the world, and those are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. And you just hope and and Carey Price was such an ex- excellent mix of the two of them in, in his ability to read the play and anticipate the play and almost never be out of position. But when he was out of position, have the athleticism to get back. And right now, Primo has shown us that um, he can read a release, he can read a shot but he has not shown the ability to get ahead of a play in terms of reading an actual play. And, uh, and he's not, you know, um, and that athleticism comes with a caveat that it often, uh, the fact that he slides out of his net is part of, is a core strength issue, right? It's, it's very easy to slide extremely far, but it's not easy to slide exactly as far as you want to. Right, because that's where all of your stabilizer muscles come into play mm-hmm. there. Right. And so I mean, I've got I'm I'm friends with a, a strength and conditioning coach here in Toronto, and I'm almost always trying to send my goalies to him because they have all the natural ability, they have all the ability as a goaltender. And there comes a point where I'm like, you know, I could coach you all day, but at the end of the day, you've just you've just got to be stronger. You've just got to be able to hold those edges better, you've got to be able to move. The, the difference is, is it's amazing when all of a sudden what you think of to do, your body responds and says, okay, I'll do that, right? As compared to thinking, oh, I'm going to move over there. And your body says, do you mean like this? And you flop all over the place, right? You're like, no, I didn't mean like that. I meant like this, you know? So, and that's what we see from Caden Primo all the time. So he's, he's still young, but he is getting older. And it's getting to the point where you, you kind of have to piss or get off the pot a little bit to, to you know, if you're Caden Primo, it's crunch time. You have to show that you deserve to be here more than, um, you Someone know, else. the fact that you were drafted by this organization. Yeah. Yeah. And and the organization brought in someone else when everything was realized with Carey Price, what was going on, that he wouldn't be able to play. And Jake Allen was a little bit dicey at, as well at, at the start of the season. So Samuel Montambo came in. Um, Quebecois, um, you know, obviously grew up cheering for Montreal. At least I expect that. So I'm just going to go with the fact that that's obviously what he did. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, he's 
you know, when you look at his number, and you're going to correct me because I don't have goal say, shots saved against average or goals, goals above average or, or something like that. But um, 0.892, um, 38 games, few losses. We expect that because of where, where Montreal ended up last. But, but you know, it's, it's pretty decent. Goal against average, 3.77, a little bit high. But, but <laughs> yeah. you, you got to expect that a little bit as well with the kind of team that Montreal put on the ice this year. Is he maybe so, a little bit better for the future than Primo? So he's got a minus 2.48 goal saved above average. So he's letting in two and a half goals more than a league average goalie. But that's over the course of 38 games. Compared to Caden Primo who has minus eight goals saved above average. And over the course of 12 games, right? So that's a little bit better. Now, where it gets interesting is is at five versus five. Um, Samuel Montembeau has actually 2.4 goals saved above average, meaning that he's in the positive end of the ledger. Uh, He's saving more. So clearly, um, he did not do well in the penalty killing system. And now goalies work their way into the team system, right? And one goalie might be good on one team and bad on another team. Oftentimes that's because the system is different and they thrive under this system and don't thrive so much under that system. So clearly Samuel Montembeau thrived very well under Montreal's five versus five strategy, but did not do very well under Montreal's penalty kill strategy. So um, he's older. Like this is the caveat that goes with Montembeau is that he's 26, I believe. And uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 25. Yeah, you're right. He's 25. So he's 25 years old. He's older. And that's the caveat to what I'm saying here. But I think that he has had a lot of bad luck in this league. Also, by the way, at five versus five, his save percentage goes up to 913, Hmm. which is, you know, downright respectable. The, 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 The thing that that became the narrative around Montembeau was that he would let in bad goals. And he was infuriating because he would stop all kinds of shots and let in bad goals. But if truth is told here, I don't think, and I have no stats out here to prove this, but I don't think that he let in any more bad goals than any other goalie in the the NHL does. I think that he let in a couple bad goals in one game, and then the narrative was built, and then we have what's called big event bias. So then because that narrative is built... Every, uh, every every bad goal that he lets in becomes amplified because we go, ah, he's that guy that lets in bad goals, right? And if you're curious about big event bias, basically, if you drive home, if you drive for two hours and one yellow Nissan cuts you off, you go, ah, the yellow Nissan, and you go home and all you remember is the yellow Nissan. You can't remember a single other car you saw on the road because your brain filters out useless information naturally without you thinking about it and 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 made you remember yellow Nissan, right? And so that's what the big event bias is. And that's the the fear that I have with Samuel Montembeau because his numbers shake out to be actually quite reasonable. Not good, but reasonable with the Montreal Canadiens. I think that he could be a good backup goalie in the NHL. I've heard other people say that they think he could make it all the way as far as starter. I don't know that I'm ready to hitch my hitch my horse to that wagon quite yet that he'd be a starter or hitch my wagon to that horse. But I kind of <laughs> I literally put the cart before the horse on that one. But 
<laughs> I, I don't know that I'd be willing to say that he'd be a good starter, but he's excellent positionally. He's excellent positionally. He is the opposite of, of Caden Primo, to your point about uh, the Man United goalies, in the sense that he is more often than not ahead of the shot. He is more often than not reading and anticipating the play. I would say that he's less athletically inclined than Caden Primo. But like Montembeau is one of those guys that if he came and he said, I will write you a blank check, Dylan, train me this summer. And I'm not trying to act like I'm the best goalie coach in the world. I'm not. There's lots and lots of great, great goalie coaches in this world. But if he came to me and said, Dylan, I'll write you a blank check, train me. I would say, take that check and give it to a strength and conditioning coach. Just, just take that check. Because there's not a lot that I could train with him. I don't like how he holds his glove hand. But, I mean, you know, why be so dogmatic about it, right? Like, okay, I think that a goalie should hold his glove hand like this because of X, Y, Z. But other people have different theories about it but in terms of his positioning and his skating ability they're uh excellent they're very very good and so i would just say his ability to recover and his ability to get back into the play that he's lost and stuff like that and uh that that's where a strength and conditioning coach would come in for montembeau and 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 i really think that that's the only thing he has to work on and you kind of see it too. Like he kind of looks like a child, right? <laughs> like when you look at him, despite the fact that he's one of the older goalies. So I, I, you know, if I were the Montreal Canadiens, I would, I would want to give him a contract, but at the same time where I really think that he would thrive sort of ironic, given that he came from the uh, Florida Panthers, where I really think that he would thrive would be a team like the Tampa Bay lightning where you have Vasilevsky and you can get yourself a, a Sam Antebo for $1 million, $1.5 million. It's not going to cost you a whole lot. And he is going to be uh, an excellent goaltender for you behind your bona fide starter. But the one thing that I'll say that really pissed me off this year is that Jake Allen kept on getting hurt. And yet every time that Jake Allen was not hurt, they insisted on starting him every single night. And it's like Montebo came off of making like 150 saves in three games. And then Jake Allen comes in uninjured and they're just like, okay, well, you know, thanks Sam. Bye. Right. And, and that, that really bothered me. I just thought, I thought, you know, let's see, let's see what he has. Let's throw him into the mix and let's, let's see, uh, let's see what he has as a bona fide backup, because as we'll probably get to in two goalies, you know, Jake Allen, Sam Montebo might wind up being the tandem next year, unfortunately. So I, I would I would kind of want to see how they would fare as a tandem. Uh, I would not, as it stands now, I would not be necessarily putting my money on on a Jake Allen Sam Montebo tandem for next year. I don't think that that has do, enough it, it stability. Depends, it depends on what we want, right? Do we want the first overall pick again or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, we want the first overall pick. Connor Bedard, uh, that guy is just um, outrageous and. I mean, uh, Matt Vyamichkov is also outrageous, but uh, uh, but Bedard is also outrageous. <laughs> yeah, and th th so, there are certain circumstances around uh, Michkov that, uh, you know, is out of his hands as well. Partly, yes. you know, a contract that he signed and also the, the Russia situation that, that yes. keeps going on or, or the war, we should actually call it for what it is uh, with Ukraine. Yes. Uh, yes. You Putin's war. Yeah, Putin's war. Let's call it that. I like because... I like being specific because I I don't like lumping. I I feel as though a lot of people in the Russian population 
have no more support or love for this war than we do. And, and so I mean, I it's like their kids that, that are dying. So, so, you know, right. Yeah. So I like to make that distinction yeah. that it's, 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 it's a good Russia. distinction. Yeah. Uh, so. Looking at it though, and, and you mentioned, I want to go back a little bit to core strength because we see that with, you know, I see it a lot with, with forwards and defenders as well, because you see these forwards and defenders, they are falling down They're they're, they're getting hit or, or it's maybe not even a big hit, but they, they are falling down at certain instances where you mm-hmm. would expect them to stand up. And Matthias Norlinder was one of those kind of players, but he has built up his core strength. And I think it will help him next year in the AHL or NHL, wherever he will play. Uh, but you can see that core strength is something that maybe wasn't talk, spoken about a lot mm-hmm. um, a couple of you know 10 years ago but it has really started to grow you see it in all sports you see it with yoga you see it with 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 dedicated core training that comes around and and it helps i mean it helps old farts like you and me as well you know <laughs> so so <laughs> so i think it's important to remember that no matter what you practice and and you can see it as you say you don't slide as far uh, with goalies you can see it you don't get get dunked on so much as as an uh, as an uh, forward or, or or defender as well, but but we, you were talking about Jake Allen and it was a weird year. We expected Jake Allen to maybe not break down as much as he did, and also yeah. it shows a little bit in his numbers. Uh, he has been very steady in in many ways, though, when he has played, right? Yeah. So um, uh, just to just to pick up real quickly, really quickly on that uh, on that core strength thing for goalies, the, the thing the thing that's interesting and a little bit different about goaltenders is that your variables are way lower, right? Like you don't even hold an outside edge as a goaltender. No, no, no. You're never yeah. in a situation where you've got the outside edge of your skate in the ice, right? Like so, your variables are way lower. So you know, whereas a lot of things can be fixed with skating technique and stuff like that, and in, in in players as a goaltender, like it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, uh point and point and click, you know, to, to the skating. So it really will expose those, those core strength issues. Jake Allen uh, came in this year and made me the happiest I've ever been as a wrong person in my life, because last year I was uh, not very and and by last year i mean uh the year that montreal went to the stanley cup final um not the previous year that just happened i was not very sold on jake allen he was very unsteady in his positioning he would often do what's called an active release now an active release is a very important uh tool in the goalie's arsenal which is essentially your ability to as you fall, hold one edge a little bit longer than the other edge. So you fall just a few inches to your right or a few inches to your left. But Jake Allen's positioning was so bad that he was never able to simply drop down in the butterfly. He was always dropping down and moving a little left or a little right because he was always slightly out of position. And that was two years ago, right? Now, the last year that just happened, Jake Allen completely changed his game. I I did not think that a goalie at 30 years old would be able to make such a, such an incredible overhaul of their game as Jake Allen did. And, and who knows, maybe that means I have hope, 
but <laughs> but he he completely changed his game and he was excellent and it got to the point where in conversations i had with 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 other goalie people around the city they would say oh well you're but you're a big jake allen fan and i'd say no i wasn't i didn't think he was good in st louis i didn't think he was a good pickup by montreal i've been against not against jake allen like i, I mean he's a nice guy and everything like that like i'm not you know I'm not a jerk but I've not been a Jake Allen fan. And this year he was excellent. And it actually bared out in his numbers in all situations. Yes. He only had a nine Oh five save percentage. Yes. He had a three point three goals against average, but 12.3 goals saved above, above expected. Now that's over the, the course of um, 35 games. So it becomes a little bit statistically insignificant in games, but that actually like puts him in the running of goalies in the NHL. Like that, like th- that actually makes him one of the better goalies in the NHL. Like not every goalie is, is a starting goalie in the NHL is positive. He had himself uh, an excellent, excellent year. And uh, there's not enough good things I can say about Jake Allen for the way that he completely, um, completely changed his game going into this year uh it was it was just so incredibly impressive so um he looks a lot more stable he looks a lot more calm he's anticipating plays a lot better and so this is why you know that's my slice of humble pie that's why i say caden primo might come in and, and be an excellent goaltender next year i have no idea but it's it's partially because i didn't think that jake allen was going to be able to walk in this year and and do what he did, which was um, remarkable. It was uh, downright remarkable. Would he? And this is obviously the big question because we haven't mentioned the ghosts yet, or 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 or, or the 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 one that we should not be naming really, or that we're worried about. Uh, but could he be the starting goalie for Montreal next year? I mean. So this sucks for Jake Allen. Let's let's get that out of the way um, right away. This sucks for Jake Allen because essentially by making him the starting goalie for the Montreal Canadiens next year, uh, what you're saying is that we're rebuilding and we want a little bit of consistency in the crease, which will give our young players um, – it'll give our young players confidence to be able to grow – knowing that they don't have to worry about the goaltender behind them. And, uh, and why I say that that sucks for, for Jake Allen is because at 31 years old, what you're saying to him is the rest of your career is babysitting and uh, enjoy, I guess. So it's, that's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult, but I, I do think that, we could do worse than having him as the starting goalie uh, in, in the NHL next year. I do think that we could do worse, but um, I it's, it sucks to say, to say that to a goalie that's, you know, kind of on the back nine of his career who has won a cup, but has won it as the backup to say, well, this is, and, and, and has shown such a huge commitment to, um, to improving his game, that this is essentially how you're going to uh, 
wind down your career. And the reason why I didn't think that Jake Allen would ever be a good starter and, and what he did this year that, that um, proved me wrong is because what you saw is that whenever he had to start a few games in a row two years ago when Carey Price was, was uh, with the team, you would see his technique deteriorate. You would see his positioning and his footwork deteriorate. And when you're the starting goalie, you're spending more time playing and less time practicing. And so I always thought that Jake Allen, in order to be at his peak performance, needed to be spending more time running the simple footwork drills, running the simple positioning drills, and wouldn't be able to concentrate then on on being a starting goaltender where you won't necessarily be working on those fundamentals as often or um, as much. But he showed me this year that he he did it and uh and his puck tracking was excellent everything was just excellent with jake allen this year and um so we could do worse hopefully he's happy hopefully his family is happy in montreal because i do think that they're going to keep him around and uh and i do think that selfishly for the team that's a good situation to have a solid goaltending to be getting at least league average goaltending uh for a young core that's being built up because nothing sinks a, t- a team faster than goaltending, right? But uh, for him personally, it's just it's it's one of those tough things in sports to turn around and say, "Hey, you know, uh, I hope you didn't have any more aspirations in in your career because this is it." Indeed. Um, and looking at it, and I'm going to keep this short, Dylan. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, you find Dylan at Half Statistician. You find him over at the Ho- Hockey Podcast Network um, with Ken Campbell. So, so be sure to follow him over there. Uh, but as a goalie coach, Carey Price injuries, how much will they hamper him? Can he come back? And what should we look for in order to see if he's healthy? Tough questions because you're not paid for this, but obviously you have an expert opinion. I'm. Uh, I'll be looking for a raise after this one, Patrick. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you two um, cookies when you visit. <laughs> I. Uh, so I wrote an article. I was actually at Kerry Price's return game, and um, it seemed that he was going down early. Which, yes, yes, yes. Everybody always says that Kerry Price goes down early. That's nonsense. He's not gone down early throughout most of his career any more than anybody else has. And uh, but it seemed like in this game specifically, he was going down early, which suggested to me that he was not dealing with a whole ton of pain because um, it hurts going down. Right. And so if you're going down early, it suggested to me that maybe his conditioning was not so good, but uh, because he wasn't able to hold those edges for as long, but he wasn't having pain going down. But obviously he has now come out and said that he still has pain. Um I've I've come back from uh in my career a, a knee injury where I I blew out my ACL and MCL but did not have a meniscus tear and uh I'm given to understand that uh, meniscal tears are fixable. I think that there there reaches a point where do you, do you just is is enough enough and um because it's hard and it is painful and your knee will never be quite the same. Um, you will be able to recover your, as I, as I've been told by people smarter than me, you will never be able to recover your, uh, your comfort 100%, but you'll be able to, 
but you will be able to recover your performance 100%. And so especially those first couple of games coming back after dealing with a tear like that, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with scar tissue that's now being stretched. Your, your knees are not supposed to bend side to side. They're supposed to bend forwards and backwards. But goaltenders bend their knees side to side all the time. And so they kind of, I don't want to say used to it because it does have a cumulative cumulative effect of uh, causing damage, but it, it, it doesn't cause the same pain as, as you've done it for a long time. But then once you get that surgery, it, it almost resets the whole system and, uh, and you're starting back from scratch to uh, what is a comfortable around of, amount of motion in your knee side to side call. We call it torquing, torquing the knee. Right. And um, so I think that, if Carey Price truly, truly wants to, I think that he could come back. Um, I don't know that he could be 100%, especially if that psychologically is always in the back of your mind. And it is. It is 100% going to always be in the back of your mind. And so at that point, it becomes a situation of what what does he want? What does he want for his life? Obviously, uh, he was in the Players Assistance Program at the beginning of the year. Um Hockey has not been easy for him and has not been always all that kind to him. Uh, you look at how, when he first came to Montreal, how, how jovial and hilarious he was. He did a whole interview where he pretended that he had lost his voice at, at a post-game interview and he was just mouthing words. And then all of a sudden started talking and everybody started laughing. And, um, and, and that's been kind of kicked out of him, right? That's been kicked out of him from, you know, the, the, the things that he's had to answer for that haven't always been fair. Some of them have been fair, but it hasn't always been fair. And so it's, it's up to him. Uh, I've said this before on podcasts. I don't want to speculate too much on as to whether he can or cannot come back because like I, like I've said several times, it's up to him. So all I will say is if, if it is the end of his career, I will just say that it has been a treat and a joy to watch him play. Um, obviously, you remember you. Obviously, you as a fan and myself as a fan, we remember the goalies that we watched growing up so much, and those people become larger than life. And I kind of think that in ten years, Carey Price will become larger than life, and he will stick out in my mind just as you know, prime Marty Brodeur sticks out in my mind and stuff like that. I, I really, I, I think that about him. He invented aspects of the position that uh by accident you know he invented something called that now is being termed neutral pelvis and it was the way that he held his pelvis that made his access to movement much easier because he wasn't pinching any muscles with the way that his stance was and then all of a sudden out of nowhere every goalie was like i've got to stand in the neutral pelvis neutral pelvis neutral pelvis and it was just something that he just did naturally even his upper body strength all of a sudden after he came into the league, you know, because he was built like a linebacker when he came into the league, goalies started working out their upper body strength because all of a sudden they realized that that was uh, something that could be important to your ability to move and hold your, hold your, your chest and your upper body up in trying positions. Like we were talking about with core strength. And so all of a sudden, you know, goalies started, the, the upper body strength that Price had naturally, just from being a a, a genetic freak, if you will, right? <laughs> Goalie started to work on that. To 
like he's been trailblazing just I don't want to say by accident because that takes a lot of credit away from him, but just by being who he is. And so if if this is the end of his career, you know, bon chance, because uh it's it's just been it's been an absolute joy to watch him. And I, I love that guy as a goaltender. I have utmost respect for what he's done for the indigenous community here in Canada, which has been um just horrifically treated uh in this country and uh and he stands as a voice and um what what more what more could i say about him i could gush about him for hours and and recant every save that i've loved watching uh but at the end of the day um just bon chance there we have it uh it'll be interesting no matter what where will carry price slot in we have some astonishing youngsters coming up and and all three of them are doing really really well it's verbatic verbitic i'm not sure how to pronounce it it's dobish i'm not sure i pronounced that either and it's a d-shop which i am actually kind of sure how to pronounce because he doesn't want to be named <laughs> dikov which sounds a little bit worse uh you've been listening to hab statistician explaining the goalies of the montreal canadians from the last, past season uh, he's done an amazing job. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Have Statistician. Dylan Waugh, I'm proud to have you on. I'm even more proud to have you as my friend. And it's very, very <laughs> fortunate for me because I would not have understood half of this without you. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me on, Patrick. I am proud to call you friend as well. <laughs>